Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good, after- good afternoon, everyone. You are in the spotlight with Brian Garner for this Friday, March the 27th. 2015. Good to have you all here for our third and final show of this week. Um, those of you that are listening to this live, we thank you so much for that here on this Friday afternoon. And to those of you that are listening to this in archive, either here on TalkShoe or on Libsyn or iTunes, wherever that wherever you're listening to it, thank you so much. We appreciate you listening. Um, here we are. It's Friday, and uh, this is going to work. Uh, the same way it did last Friday, except the fact that we're doing it in the afternoon instead of in the morning, which means I'm a little bit more awake for this show than I was last week when we tried to shoehorn this in before NCAA tournament games. And um, Look, basically this show is as follows. We're going to do the box. We're going to present our weekly edition of the box office beat and all that entails. And then, you know, if there's a couple of things at the end of the show to get to as far as um, – entertainment news, then we'll get to it. So far, I don't have anything. Um, none, none of you listeners out there have sent me anything that you want me to discuss as far as entertainment news for this particular week. I haven't been able to find anything that needed to be talk about, talked about. Yeah, the Russo brothers directing Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and 2. That's been a big story. Maybe I'll, do, maybe I'll briefly address that at the end. But other than that, there really hasn't been anything that I think is so important that we have to get it in on this particular show, and you all, you all haven't sent me anything or asked me to discuss anything, so as far as I'm concerned, this most, the bulk of this show is the box office beat for this week, just like we did last on last Friday's show, we just did the box office beat and we got off the air, so that's pretty much what we're going to do here today. We did have a show last night, our WrestleMania preview show, which I think went over well. We actually were on the air much longer than planned, we almost gave you a full-length show, pretty much we did give you a full-length show, so wrestling fans out there are probably happy that they didn't get slighted like they thought they were going to be. Um, so it's been it's been good. We did good, you know. It, it, we've come to the end. We've come to the end of the. This, we're at the end of March now. Now look, then the NCAA tournament after this weekend. It's, I mean, it's already kind of dwindling. Um, you know, you, you all know how I feel. Those of you that have been listening to the show for a number of years now. Uh. You all know how I feel. Uh, to me, the tournament's all about that first weekend. After that, it becomes more more about just, you know, it's, it, it doesn't become so mainstream. It's not as mainstream anymore, you know. Like, it becomes more about just people that like college basketball. Uh, unless you have a Cinderella still there, and then it, and then it's, it's so, and it carries through the Final Four weekend, and you, you carry the mainstream with you. But if you don't have a Cinderella it just becomes more about college bas- basketball fans, you know, in general. And you lose a lot of the people that, um, you know, are hooked on the show, hooked, not hooked on the show, but hooked on the tournament in the first weekend because of their brackets and everything else. So 
I mean, it does change. There is a different feel once you get to the Sweet 16 than you do when you start the tournament the weekend before. There is a vastly different feel. You are, and, and, and then after this weekend, it continues. You know, any people that you did hold on to that were mainstream, from the mainstream, maybe people that don't watch college basketball that regularly, you know what I'm saying, that kind of thing. Maybe there's people that check in and out of it, or maybe they don't watch it at all during the regular season, just check in during the tournament. You lose more, a majority of those people you lose after the first weekend, unless there is a Cinderella story going on, and you can kind of hold on to some of them. And then if you do hang on to some of them, they're usually gone after the second weekend of the tournament. And then Final Four is this, you know, unless you have a Butler or a BCU or something hanging around, you you're pretty much you're pretty much down to the normal fans that watch college basketball. And now, what, now, why am I bringing this up? Because you know, next week we're not going to be preempted. We're not going to have any. Pre, we're not going to have any preemptions next week. We're going to have shows in our normal time slots next week. Um. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be what it is, and we'll be back to our normal schedule next week. And you know, we don't. There's no games on Thursday. The final four is on Saturday and Monday of the following weekend, so we're back to normal. And you know, everybody, people wondered to me. They said, you know, because cause one of the things that I push for, we have a lot of new listeners. One of the things that I push forward. Over the over this last month was, and I and I, and I always forewarn everybody, especially for the new listeners that aren't familiar with how we do things. I'm like, you know what? You know what? Um, this is what's going to happen in March. We don't do show for three straight weeks. We preempt on Thursday. We do not do shows because there's college basketball games on on that particular night. Tournament games. Conf- it starts with the fir- the Thursday of the conference tournament week. And obviously, the first two weeks of the NCAA tournament, we do not do shows. And you know, every over the years, because obviously you get new listeners over the course of the years, I've been asked why, why, why do you fear doing shows opposite the NCAA tournament, opposite the conference, or why do you do this? And I and I tell them, I said, well, look, you have to know your audience. And the first year we did this show, I, I, you know, we didn't have a huge audience. People would tell me, uh, well, you're, you're going to do a show against the game. Don't you want to watch the game? No, I won't lie to you. It's, it, 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 per, my personal feelings get in, are in play, too. I want to watch the games, too. All right? I don't want to just sit, um, sit here doing a show and watch the games in front of me muted. That's not, you know, a lot of hosts do that. I, I, I don't like to do that. I mean, now, look, there's a lot of things that we do the show opposite against, NBA Finals, you know, and I felt we we do do the show opposite things that I would want to watch and many people would want to watch. But why do we stay away from the NCAA tournament? Why do we stay away from that conference tournament week? Why? Well, here's the thing. Again, first year, I got a lot of people saying to me, you know what? You're going to really do a show opposite that? And I said, you know what? You're right. We have the opportunity. We're not answering to anybody but our audience. There's nobody above my head saying, yeah, you're doing that show that day. Nobody's telling me what to do for our audience. I listen to what the audience says. And I know how, and, I, and, I, and if the audience tells me, if I start to get the idea that there's some people in our audience, even a few, that say, you know what, maybe you shouldn't do a show that night. I go, you know what, maybe they're right. Maybe there's a lot of people that feel that way, they just don't want to bring it up because they don't think I'm going to listen to them. 
And nine times out of ten, I'm right. And that's why we don't do it, because I know that there's a, a, a whole bunch of our audience. I know there's a, a whole bunch of our audience out there watches college basketball. They watch the conference tournaments. They watch the NCAA tournament. You know, they might say, you know what, I can do both. I can listen to your show and watch it. I don't want that, because you know what, your attention is going to be diverted either way. All right? You're either paying more attention to us or you're paying more attention to the game. I don't think that's fair to anybody. Why, why put... Why create that situation? So just avoid it. Now, so why, how we avoid it? We just don't do shows on, on, on Thursdays because that stays away from it. Now, that compromises us, sure. We have to shove everything into one show a week, which is why this year I made an effort. I said to myself that we weren't going to do that because we would, we, we would be hurting our show. We had to find another day to do a second show, which is why we did these entertainment shows on Friday, which allowed us – to make the Tuesday shows exclusively dedicated to college basketball and the NCAA tournament, which helped because we were able to discuss it more, be more in-depth, and not slight it. And then also entertainment we could get in and not slight that either. We could get everything we wanted to get in and not in any way, shape, or form compromise the quality of our shows. Is it inconveniencing? Sure. We have to do shows on a Friday afternoon or a Friday morning. Sure, it's inconveniencing. But you know what? I think it's for the greater good of our show and for our audience, and that's why we did it. So this year we came up with ideas, and I think they worked. Now next week we're back to normal. So we got through this difficult period, and that's why I'm bringing this up to you because I feel like for our newer listeners, they want to understand why we go through this and why we did this and why it was so different that we you know, had shows on a Friday and and that kind of thing. I wanted to explain it. Now, look, the rest, the WrestleMania preview show was kind of a flying you know, I forgot completely about WrestleMania, and we did a thir- we broke my unspoken rule of doing a show opposite the NCAA tournament. I was not happy about that. I, you know, wish it could have been different. I wish we could have done it at a different day, at a different time. We just didn't have enough notice to do it. We had to do it last night. It went on longer than planned. I know some members of our audience were unhappy. Because I said I was going to try to, I was going to try to get in an hour, and I didn't. Um, you know, look, we have three people. We had three people on the show last night. It made it very hard. You know, we were trying to to get provide a good show, and as quick as quick a fashion as possible. I think we did okay. Um, I tried to keep my comments short. Um, I know Mike did. Justin might have been a little long winded, which is unusual for him, but that's okay. I feel we did a good job. I apologize to anybody out there that, you know, was like, oh, I thought these days were going to be an hour. I apologize for that. We did the best we could do. So it is what it is. We did the best we could with the circumstances. The one thing I've learned over the years doing this show is you learn as you grow. Every year we learn from mistakes. Every year we try to make it better. And I think we do. I hope we do. Our audience, a lot of people in our audience tell me that we do. That's a good thing. But we could always do better. And we always strive to be better, and we will continue to do that. Um, but for you new listeners that have gone through this period of time with us, this march with us for the first time, well, first of all, thank you for your patience and your understanding. Thank you to all of you for your patience and understanding throughout the preemption, throughout us trying to find ways to get these shows on the air get everything we have to get done. Thank you for all your patience and understanding. And now it's, it's, it's over with. 
Next week, we're back to normal. Tuesday and Thursday, we will have shows. Um, there's a possibility. Let me just warn you all of this. I, it's funny. I just said we're going to be back to normal. But there's a possibility that we could start the show on Tuesday later. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but just be aware of that. That is a possibility. Um like 8.30 or 9 o'clock or something. I don't know if that's going to happen. If I do, I'll let you know, be it on Facebook or Twitter. Or obviously check out our TalkShoe show page. You'll see what time I schedule the episode for when I schedule it. Um, but I don't think that's going to be the case, but just be aware that that potentially could happen. Uh, depends on how quickly my um, job thing that I have going on takes. But uh, otherwise, I think it will be... It will be okay. Otherwise, it'll be normal next week. And then Tuesday, we'll cover the NC- You know what we'll do? We'll cover the NCAA tournament. That'll be the whole show. Nothing else in sports is going on right now that we have to talk about, thankfully. So that's allowed us to just focus on college basketball. And that has been helpful. Um, we, we, we've been able to kind of really dive in and discuss it. So we will do that on Tuesday's show like we've been the last couple of Tuesdays. We'll just talk about the NCAA tournament, everything that transpired with the Sweet 16, Elite 8, and then, of course, we'll preview the Final Four because the Final Four will be set by that point. We'll preview the Final Four and look ahead to that. And then next Thursday, our entertainment show, Back Where It Belongs, on Thursday night, we will present our next edition of the Box Office Beat. We'll bring back the TV and film picks of the week, talk about entertainment news, do all the usual things we usually do with entertainment shows on next Thursday's show. And there's a couple of things that we've been putting off discussing that I think we'll finally get to. So that will be good for our audience. They'll be waiting for that. Um, obviously not pressing stuff, like stuff that has to be talked about right now, because otherwise we'd be doing it on this show, or we would have done it on last week's show. But um, stuff that we put off because we knew we could, we'll, we'll kind of deal with some of those entertainment topics on next Thursday's show. So that's what's going to be coming up on next week's shows. That's what we got going on. Back to normalcy as far as our schedule goes next week. So I know I rambled to start the show, and it was completely off topic. What else is new with me, right? Right. All right, so now we got all that out of the way, and I kind of explained some things to some of our newer listeners and all that jazz. Let me remind you all right at the top of the ways in which you can interact and contribute with us during our show. You can do so by email at itspotlightbg at gmail.com. Again, it's itspotlightbg at gmail.com. My email as well as the show is, again, as we always ask, in the subject line of your email, please give us some idea of what that email is about, if it's feedback or a question or about the show or the schedule of our show or topic idea, breaking news item, something you want me to discuss, just a reaction to something something one of us says on the show. Just give us some idea. It just helps us with organizing things. We appreciate it. You can also follow us and tweet us at ITSpotlightBG. Again, it's at ITSpotlightBG. That's my Twitter handle as well as the shows. And please do remember to use the hashtag, hashtag ITSpotlight. Again, it's hashtag ITSpotlight for anything you tweet regarding our show. We do have a fan page on Facebook that you can find by searching for us under our full show title in the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find us on Facebook, like our page, and then go ahead and post whatever it is you'd like to post. Facebook, Twitter, email, if you post or send it, I assure you, Jeff Tech or myself, one of us sees it. We check everything. We take turns looking at everything. I promise you, if we don't, even if we don't reply back or use mention or acknowledge what you post or sent on the show, 
I assure you, we've seen what your poster sent, I promise you. We just can't get back to everybody, and we just can't use everything that, or, or, or mention everything that we see or read. So just be aware we do see what your poster sent, I promise. Jeff Tech is my second in command today. It's a daytime show, which means he's the only one that can potentially do this with me. So he is my second in command today, our technical aficionado over here, Jeff Tech. And without further ado, let's get going here because I've rambled on long enough about things that have nothing to do with what we're going to be doing today. Um, entertainment, box office beat. Wow. Um, where to start? You know, it's, I know where to start. I have an outline, but still, it's it's it's. It was an interesting weekend at the box office last week because, on the surface, you look at the numbers and go, "Wow, that was terrific." And on the heels of the previous week with Cinderella, you're like, ah, okay, now, okay, March is doing what you thought it would do and what it's done in past years. And then you look deeper and you're like, hmm, is there a way that this is not good? Because there is. Um, Now, I'll tell you something, too. This... um, one thing that I think hurt this weekend, and, you know, I, I probably should have mentioned this. The box office has had such a good 2015 so far. They had one, if you want to call it a bad week, you can, but it wasn't. A, it had, we've seen much worse. But that week where Chappie opened all right, a couple of weeks ago was probably the worst week the box office has had, and even then, so many of the other movies that were our, you know, the holdover movies that had carried over from the previous week, done so well, did so well that it balanced things out. You know, you didn't have that one twenty, thirty million dollar movie, but you had several movies kind of average things out and, and, and make it for a, not necessarily the worst week in the world, but a, a much better, much better week. Um. You know, help balance it out. Balance the fact that Chappie didn't do so well. Balance the fact that the other movies that we didn't do so well. So, you know, it balanced it out where it wasn't a complete, total, horrible weekend at the box office. And then Cinderella gets released and everything's right with the world. The box office is back. You know, the holdovers are doing okay. Cinderella brings the the, the, the box office up and everybody's happy. And then they're like, oh, okay, next week's Divergent. Uh, I mean, Insurgent, which is a Divergent franchise movie. Then you go, all right, all right, now it should be good next week, and then the week after that, it's got, you know, a Kevin Hart movie and Kevin Hart Will Ferrell movie and, you know, an animated movie. Okay, we're all good. And the week after is Fast and Furious. We're all good. We're, we're great. And then this weekend's numbers come in, and then all of a sudden you see people go, huh, that's all it did? And then you're sitting there going, well, okay, your number one movie made $52 million. Your number two movie made 34.9. Granted, nothing else was that far above $5 million. You only had two other movies over $5 million. And that was Run All Night in the Government. Everything else dropped below the $5 million mark, which was expected. When two movies dominate like that, that's going to happen. 
they got most of the theaters and, and, and all these other movies that have been, you know, have been kind of hanging around and none of them commanded a, a, an extreme amount of theaters. That's what's going to happen. The business is going to be swallowed up by those two movies when they get all the theaters, and rightfully so. You know, Cinderella deserves the theaters off of last week, and Insurgent was going to get the theaters because it's the biggest movie opening. Now, what's so bad about these numbers? Oh, a 50, $52 million movie, a $34 million movie as your one and two? That's terrific. It's 80, that's almost, that's nine, almost $90 million between those two alone. What's the problem? problem is, if you look at most of the estimates, Insurgent was expected to be higher. Many were thinking 60, 65, maybe 70. Many thought it might equal Cinderella as an opener or exceed it by a lot. There was an expectation that, with my, you know, Miles Towers had a great year. He, his getting expanded role. This film looking like it was appealing more to the mainstream. Um... You know, um, that it looked like more of a movie that was going to be able to appeal to people outside of the fan base of the Divergent movies. There was a higher expectation. And look, every year, you know, especially for, fran- for franchise movies, every year ticket prices go up. You think the, the, sec- the next movie is going to make more than the last one because of this ticket price inflation alone. So... There was an expectation that this would do at least equal to, if not better, than the previous Divergent movie. And it did it. It was a little less. It's kind of fallen behind there. Now, you could think, okay, well, maybe Cinderella hurt that movie. Many people think Cinderella dropped lower than expected. It dropped to 34. Most people had around 44. 40, 38. I had around 40, but you know, I don't. I don't think that's. Mm, I don't think that's bad. Look, any as long as Cinderella held in the 30 to 40 million dollar range, how how even if it fell to like 25 million, that yeah, that would be less than expected. But you, you never know how people are going to react to to a movie like that. In a second weekend, you don't know if, if people are going to go back for repeated viewings. But in a lot of ways, what helps it to carry over. You don't know how many other people that were reluctant to see it are going to come out and see it that second weekend, or even going to go see it at all. I mean, there's a lot of factors there. This isn't a movie that you can bank on. It's going to do that well in its second weekend. You, you can't. It doesn't have that kind of traction. So I don't think that's a disappointing number at all. In fact, I think it's a solid number. I don't even think Insurgents opening was bad. I think it was good. I mean, you got to remember something. I think I think this month of March, the expectations have gotten out of hand in recent years. This month has become a big movie month. It used to be February right around winter break, and now it's kind of been like a lot of the bigger movies open in March, and then February, maybe you got one big movie, and that's it. And there's a bunch of like, it, still, I mean, not to say they don't release a lot of movies, but the big budget movies... You know, there used to be a saying, December and November, obviously November, December, now because that's the holiday movie season. November, December, May, June, July, August. Those are your big budget months. The rest of the year, does that mean there's no big budget movies opening? No, but those are the big ones. Those are the headlining acts, the grand marquee kind of acts. 
And then at some point around the way, we found March, where sometimes you see a big movie dumped in February, but very, very rarely. But then March all of a sudden became like a, a, a month where we could release a movie that we could open in May or June, but we're going to open in March to get some attention, to, get, to make sure there's no competition. That trend started about eight years ago, and it's grown, and it's grown, and we've seen some huge openers in March. And now when something doesn't live up to what has preceded it, when something doesn't live up to this preconceived notion that, well, there's not that much competition, why didn't it open higher? And, to, and given other movies have opened in March to larger numbers, why didn't it happen, especially in this era of, of price inflation and all that? When that doesn't happen, we go, up. Oh, that's a bad number, that movie flopped. No, it, that's not the way it works. Every movie is different. You don't know the kind of audience you're going to attract. It's like last week, people... People were doubting whether I put I, I had I had thirty million dollars for Cinderella last weekend. It made almost seventy. A lot of people thought that they were thinking only like twenty, thirty, forty million because they weren't sure. It opened well beyond that. You just don't know how movies will be received in the summertime. A lot more movies. I'm going to be honest with you folks, okay? And I'm not sure if people know this. I know a lot of people do. Summer movies get more benefit of the doubt than movies released at any other time of year. Why? Because you have a lot of people, you know, if you, if teachers, families, students of any kind, high school, college, all these people are off. They have more time on their hands. Because of that, they're more likely to take a chance on a movie because they have more time on their hands. Not to mention the fact they have more income. Why do they have more income? Because there's not that many holidays in the summer. You got 4th of July, Memorial Day, Labor Day, yeah. But there's other holidays you spend a lot of money on gifts for or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? You got more income. So you have more money available to you to go go see go see a movie and I'm one there's more movies out. Number 2 and then number 3 Number three, you're more willing to take a chance on going to see a movie that you otherwise would have seen because you have more time. More people with more time. You know, you got more time on your hands. Ah, maybe I'll go see a movie. And then you go to the theater and you're like, well, what am I going to see? And... Not, I mean, as opposed to the rest of the year when you might go look at a review or you might look up and say, or you might go talk to somebody, a friend, and say, hey, what did you see? Not to say it doesn't happen in the summer, but I don't think it happens as much. It makes a difference. Summer movies, you look at the number of people that go to the movies in the summer, and yeah, you could say, well, there's more big movies, big franchises that come out in the summer. That is very true, yes. But even in summers when you don't have a lot of that, m- movies that would only make there's a movie there's a, like what, what, there, let me say this a, a, a action a, a, a traditional action movie that comes out in the summer you release that movie in January or March or something even March has become a huge month it might only make twenty million twenty thirty million in its opening weekend if they're lucky and that might be a pipe dream. You always that in the summer, it, it might go up to fifty or sixty at at the at the least because 
people have more time. More people are willing to take a chance on it. There's all, and also because of these big movies that are out that are out in the summertime, like Marvel movies and stuff. People are at the theater. They might see a poster, or they might re, they might uh, notice another movie that they would have wouldn't have noticed otherwise. And they go, "Wow, yeah, that looks interesting. We should come back next weekend and see that." See what I'm saying? Or come back tomorrow and see that. I'll tell you something. I went to the movies one time with a friend. We went to see. I don't even remember what we went to see, but we were we were waiting around at the ticket counter and we were looking through the movie times. And you know what he tells me? He says, what's that movie? And I said, what movie are you talking about? Mentions the movie's name. I said, oh, you haven't heard about that? He goes, no. He goes, what is it? I said, and I explained to him what it is. He goes, oh. He goes, eh, maybe I wouldn't be interested. And then we're walking by, we're walking to the theater, and he walks by the poster for that movie. He goes, wow, that's that movie that we were just talking about? I said, yeah. He goes, man, you know what? I, I kind of want to see that now. That looks interesting. Now, if he had never come out that night to the movies with me and saw that poster, he would never been interested in that movie. He would never went and saw it. He went and saw it the next day with somebody else. That's what I'm saying. More in the summertime, you get more people out to see these movies because they're going to see a movie. There's a lot more movies out there appeal to the mainstream that get people out to the theater. And they might see advertisements or they might see names of movies they never even heard of. Go, oh, what's, what's the deal with that movie? Oh, hey, what's that movie? And then all of a sudden, next day or next weekend, they're coming back to see that movie they would have never thought about seeing. And that might end up being the worst movie. But they got their money, didn't they, that movie? That's what I'm saying. Women benefited the doubt, more chances to get people hooked enough to go see your movie. Summer movies have a, a, a major X factor, a major luxury. That movies released any other time of year do not have. A lot of luxuries, actually. Accessibility, availability, um, easier time getting people's attention. You know, the audience is there. When other times of year, it might not be. That's what, that's what I'm saying. And that's why, in my opinion, you know, other, other than the you can't you can't have these preconceived expectations. There's nothing that's known. Nothing that's known. So to sit there and go uh, snuff at a $50 million movie open, a, mo- a movie opening to $50 million and saying, oh, that was down? No. I'm not even a fan of the Divergent franchise. I don't even have any ambition to see it, but come on, let's be fair here. That's a solid opening for March. Is it as good as some other previous openings? No. Well, it's not horrible. It's it's a solid opening. Compare that. You also answer the fact that Cinderella was in second with thirty four. You know, and they're you know they they both were consuming these theaters. And yeah, you know that's that. I mean, for both movies, I think that's good considering that you know this is who knows they were. I, I don't necessarily think they're they're they're. Uh, 
demographics clash, if you will, but it could. They could be competing with each other. You know, I mean, when you have one movie, when your second place movie makes $34 million and you open the fifth, that's pretty damn good in my book. Summertime is different. The expectations are a little bit different. But now, no, that's fantastic. You're fighting for theaters with this movie, for crying out loud, you know? It did, it did pretty well. Now, it's providing you don't crash next weekend, then you're okay. Providing your numbers don't crash next weekend, you're okay. And it's a $110 million budget. It's already made more than half its budget back. It's back. I mean, it's, it's okay. Just because it's March and all oh, the expectations, it shouldn't have competition. Maybe it does. It, maybe Cinderella does compete for more than you think. You know, you don't. There's no way of knowing. That that's a, that's one you really don't have any way of knowing. Because you wouldn't think that they would compete with each other for the, for an audience, but it, it's a possibility. It's just it's 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 a it's a weird one to kind of figure out. But to me, Divergent did okay. A little under what was expected, but okay. Still in the range of being okay. Cinderella, same thing. For for it, it dropped forty eight point five percent. All right, still in line of being okay. Everything else you figured would fall off. I mean, I thought the gunman would make more than what it did. It didn't. But that, you know, I think we all agree that that movie could have, it was a candidate for doing less than expected. Um, I thought Kingsman would hold up, uh, Kingsman did exactly what I thought. It'd be four and a half, five million. Fell right in line with that. Close enough to five million to round it up. Run All Night, I thought it would be around five, six minutes. I thought it would drop 50 to 60%. It did. It was right right there. The only thing that I was surprised by is that Do You Believe, that the Christian movie that was released last week, didn't do better. It only made three and a half million. I thought it would make, a, I thought it'd make about maybe eight, seven, eight million, given how the Christian movies did last year. But you don't know. You know? You never know with those kind of, with those kind of movies. You don't know how, how much of an audience they're going to... You know that somebody's going to, you know that there's going to be people that see them, you just don't know how, how much money it's going to make. It's a crapshoot trying to predict what the, what, how, how big of an opening those kind of movies have. Uh, I mean, really, everything, if you look at the box office numbers, everything pretty much fell right in range. Gunman did underperformed, but then again, that move, those kind of movies are always a candidate for underperforming, so you can't be that surprised by that. So everything was pretty much right in line, if you think about it, right in the range of thinking. And I think it was a good week at the box office. And look, the thing I I I, I was teasing earlier, and I, I didn't finish my thought, so my, I apologize for that. About the whole idea, that we've had a really good box office year so far, except for like maybe one week, and even that week was kind of balanced out by the holdovers. At some point. You're gonna have a, a a horrible week of numbers, okay? You're gonna have a, a a week where nothing makes above ten million, everything fell, nobody went to the movies. Now maybe was that maybe that week that Chappie opened? Maybe that was the week. I don't tend to think it was, because enough of the holdover still did well enough to balance it out. But usually when you have such a good run of numbers at the box office, where you have a bunch of movies do better than expected and you you had basically like two months or so of, of of really good weeks. 
usually at some point there's that week where you're like, oh, here's the here here's here's the here's the fall from grace, if you will. We haven't really had that in my mind yet. We might not have that till the end of the summer, when we usually do have that, like the end of August, right around Labor Day. And that, that's usually the time period that it happens. You know. April used to be a month where that happens, but now we started putting big mo- movies in April. We've talked about the idea that you're, you know, you're not really getting any breaks at the box office anymore because of the fact that the summers are so stacked now and the holiday movie season is so stacked now that studios are putting big, all these movies, uh, big, bigger movies than normal at times of year where you never used to see them, like April and September and et cetera. So there's not as many kind of low weeks, slow weeks anymore. But you're going to have one eventually. We just don't know when. And may, again, maybe we already did. Maybe the week that Chappie opened was the week. Maybe that's as bad as it's going to get as far as uh, box office numbers. Maybe that's a, that's the, that's it. And if that's the case, then Hollywood's going to be doing cartwheels because that wasn't even that bad. But I, my feeling is that that wasn't it. My feeling is that it could go lower, and it probably will. It won't be this weekend. It won't be next weekend. It could be sometime in April. I think that's the most likely case. If it's not in April, if it's not the rest, at some point next month, it's definitely going to be in. It's not going to be in May. It's not going to be in June. It's not going to be in July. It's not going to be in the beginning of August. It'd be in the latter part of August around Labor Day, and the first couple weeks of September. That would be the next logical case. And if it doesn't happen then, it won't be in October or November or December, I can tell you that. To me, there's only a few times a year when you're when the box office is vulnerable to those kind of slow, bad weeks. There's, there's a couple weeks in January, like mid, mid to late January, that you, that you could see that. Um... Maybe, you know, if there's a big movie coming out, March could still lend itself to that, even though it's become a big month. April, obviously, could do that. Uh, last week or two of August, first two weeks of September, maybe, maybe, maybe October, depending on how it all falls, if there's no big movies. Other than that, there's no other. Oh, that first week of December, which is traditionally a, a low week after the Thanksgiving week, that could be one, too. But other than that... I don't see too many other candidates for soft weeks at the box office. Not anymore. Not anymore. Let's go through our now that we've talked about this ad nauseum here, how how people viewed the week and whatnot. Let's let's go back to the predictions here and see how we did. As I mentioned. Diver, the Diversion Series Insurgent, I predicted first place with 60 million. Many people thought 55, 60, 65, maybe even higher. Um, I had first place with 60 million. I was obviously off. It came in first with 52.2, which, again, in my mind, is not bad. In second, I had Cinderella with 40 million. Cinderella came in second, dropping from first with 34.9. Again, I think that was solid, but I was obviously off on that. In third, I thought the Gunman would come in with 9.5 million. It came in fourth in its first weekend with a little over $5 million, so it did well, was under that prediction. But, again, that was possible given that kind of movie, so not surprised, but still I was off on that one. 
In fourth, I had Do You Believe with eight million. Do You Believe open in sixth with three and a half million. As I mentioned, I, I was off on that one. As I mentioned, those, those Christian movies like that, you just never know how well they're going to do. So, but I and that's not and three and a half million is actually a really solid number. So, uh, fifth, I had Run All Night six million. Run All Night came in third with a little over five million, so it was a little under that, which again is not really too surprising. And sixth, I had Kingsman five million. Kingsman came in fifth with four point six million. Uh, as uh. As we all know on this show for predictions, you have to be within 500000 either way. If you round up, that rounds up to $5 million, so I get that one right. So that's my one right of the week. So I'm back to my average of one right a week. So one right out of six for this week. Um, so let me review the numbers. So, again, one right out of six for my predictions. Let me review the numbers right now just because I know sometimes with me doing the predictions it gets confusing. Again, debuting in first. This week, the Diversion Series Insurgent, 52.2 million, dropping from first to second, Cinderella, 34.9 million, with a 48.5% drop off, which isn't bad, gained three theaters too. Dropping from second to third, Run All Night, with a little over 5 million, a 54.3% drop off. Debuting in fourth, Gunman, with a little over 5 million. Uh, Kingsman, The Secret Service, dropped from third to fifth, with a $4.6 million total, 25.5% drop off, which is tremendous for its sixth week. And as I mentioned before, the uh, Christian movie, Do You Believe, $3.5 million in its first week, which is not bad at all. Um, other than that, you know, you had the second best exotic Marigold Hotel drop from 6 to 7, $3.5 drop up, which isn't bad. Focus dropped from 4 to 8, with a 43.5% drop up, making it, bringing it in at $3.2 which isn't bad either in its fourth week. Chappie dropped from 5 to 9, $2.6 53.3% drop up in its third week. That movie is doing terrible. Uh, SpongeBob movie Sponge Out of Water dropped from 7th to 10th, 2.3 million, a 40.5% drop up in the seventh week, which is great. McFarland USA dropped from 8th to 11th with 2.1 million, 39% drop off in its fifth week, which is great too. American Sniper they put in 12th, 1.6 million, 42.8% drop up in its 13th week, which is very good. That movie's been out for 13 weeks and it's still holding well. Um, Last was a fact drop from 11th to 13th, 1.3 million. 51.7% drop off in its fourth week. 50 Shades of Grey dropped from 9th to 14th with 1.3 million. 54.2% drop off in its sixth week. And in the Duff, which has been a surprise, dropped from 10th to 15th with a $1.2 million total. 56.7% drop off in its fifth week. Again, not bad either. So a lot of these holdovers, probably except for Chappie's, Chappie held up pretty well. In fact, Chappie's been the only movie over the last couple of weeks that has not really, in my mind, done well. Um, obviously, some of these movies didn't make big, big business, didn't create big business, but some of them, you know, kind of hung around and did well, like the Duff. It, you know, it didn't do huge numbers, but it did well enough. So, I mean, the only one I think's been flat out bad is is Chappie, and that's a that, that to me is the only true flop in the last couple of weeks. Um, so that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Not for Chappie, but for the box office in general, that so many other movies have been successes. So, um, I don't usually give you all all these other all these movies under five million. I don't usually list all how they all did, but I decided to just go ahead and do it. 
just because. But if you want further information on last weekend's box office, like more detailed numbers and all that good stuff, you can head over to Box Office Mojo. That's what we use for this segment as a guide. Go to the weekend box office, March 20th through the 22nd, 2015, and you'll find a complete set of numbers, theater counts, all that good stuff, international numbers, everything you'd want to know about the box office is right there. So if you're interested in finding out more information about the box office last weekend, go ahead and check out Box Office Mojo and look at the numbers. All right. Now we move on to this coming weekend. The end of March, the last weekend of March. Now, interesting because, you know, you still have the NCAA tournament in play. So you don't know if that has had impact if that had impact last week. Obviously if you're a movie that appeals to men, you could that could always happen. Maybe that if that hurt a movie like The Gunman last week, which is exclusively targeted towards men, maybe. You know, more men were out watching the NCAA tournament and they didn't want to go check out a movie like The Gunman. That might be why it didn't do so well. You know, that you do have to keep that in the back of your mind this weekend and also next weekend because then the Final Four will be next weekend. So as long as the NCAA tournament's going on, you keep that in the back of your mind that, you know, it could be hurting any movie that, any movie that might be appealing to men. you got to keep that in mind. And we do have a movie like that this weekend that does appeal to men. The other thing to keep in mind, too, um, I, I, I know most colleges have finished spring break, but um, some high schools, elementary schools, et cetera, are going to start doing their spring breaks. And that might mean vacations, especially with Easter next weekend, which will obviously affect next weekend's box office. Um, with Easter and everything, people might, if, if their kids are off from school, they might take the whole week off, might take off early, which might mean they leave this weekend. You know, these are the kind of things you got to think about when you're trying to make predictions and and stuff like that. And think about how a movie's going to do and how it might impact this weekend. You know, on the flip side, if, if if vacations are not in play and kids are just on spring break or whatever, you know, that might mean more of them go to the movies, and that could help a move. And that um, that could help one of this weekend's big movies, which is an animated film. You know, if you're an animated film and kids are out of school, especially elementary school kids and their families and teachers, that bodes well for you. And Easter, and that's why there's always an animated movie released around Easter because between the holiday and kids getting off for the holiday and then, of course, spring break, which usually falls right around Easter and kids getting off from school for that, animated movie, that's why there's always an animated movie released because it's going to do well because of that. So it's a smart, smart thing to do. So it gets you know kids and family, teachers, et cetera, are home. There's an animated movie. They'll go check it out because they have more time. So you do have an animated movie coming out this weekend, probably because of the timing of year it is as we head into Easter week, spring break, et cetera. And then you have another movie, an R-rated comedy, which features two of the more popular mainstream comedic actors. One that's one of the hottest actors in Hollywood in terms of box office draw in Kevin Hart. The other who uh, is, is a, co- a comedic name that's done very well over the last decade, Will Ferrell. Um, so you got that going on, too. So you got two big releases this weekend. Um, and a smaller release, which I'll mention last. But let's get to the two big releases first. The first big release is the animated film Home. Animated film from Fox opening in 3,708 theaters. Obviously PG. It's already made $25.9 million 
overseas, so it's off to a good start there. Featuring the voice talents of Jim Parsons, Rihanna, Steve Martin, and Jennifer Lopez, so good voice cast. You've probably seen ads for this. Uh, I actually just start. I actually just saw the trailer for this last week, which is weird. I thought I would have saw it beforehand, and it's the first time I've seen anything about this movie. So, I usually I'd go, oh, that means it's not being marketed well enough. But I haven't really, you know. You figure a movie like this is probably being marketed on children's stations and stuff. So I probably just missed the marketing completely for this. So I'm not going to complain about it. Um, you know, it's going to find an audience. There hasn't been. Since SpongeBob, there hasn't been an animated movie. It's going to have an audience. It's not how how well it does in the long term. We'll see. But, you know, at least for its first week or two, especially with spring break and Easter and stuff, it's going to do okay. You know that. So it'll find its audience, and it'll do pretty reasonably well, um, especially over its first two weeks. After that, we'll see how high it can go. Um, I don't know if it'll, have, it'll do SpongeBob-like numbers, because SpongeBob is SpongeBob, but... It'll, it'll, it'll do well enough to justify to justify its release, basically, at the very least. All right, next biggest release, the comedy Get Hard from Warner Brothers, opening in 3,175 theaters. Uh, directed and written by Ethan Cohen. Uh, Will Ferrell also on board as a producer with this film, along well, Adam McKay, his longtime friend. Uh, Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart, Craig T. Nelson, Allison Brie, and T.I. all star in this R-rated film, which is only a $40 million budget, which is going to help it because, you know, when you, I mean, that that's really the general budget for a comedy. You don't want to go above $50 million for a comedy if you can help it because um, comedies never do huge business unless you like The Hangover or something. Um, so that's smart to keep it in line with that. And this movie is it's right, in line, right in line with what you think a comedy should be budgeted at. And... It features, again, Kevin Hart, who has been, I mean, he has had a great run at the box office the last two years. A great run. Um, the only movie that didn't do well was that movie with De Niro, Robert De Niro that he had going. Um, and that one, he was just a supporting cast member in, so I don't really blame it on him. Any movie that he's been a lead in has done well over the last couple of years. So I expect this one to do the same thing. And Will Ferrell obviously carries a huge, huge fan base with him. Between just the two fan bases alone, this movie's going to do well. Um, the question's going to be how well, I mean, you don't worry about critics with this kind of movie. You worry about how well the fans are going to receive it and how well it will do beyond its opening weekend. Because it's opening weekend, it's probably, going to do, it's probably going to do at least okay. The R rating will keep some will make it, will keep some people away from it, obviously because it's R rated. But, you know, you you the the question's going to be how well does it do after the first weekend? Not the question of how well does it open weekend. Even with the um, even with the um, our rating, it should still do relatively well in its first weekend. This what does beyond this weekend that will be the true test for it. And that's what happens with these kind of with these kind of movies, comedies. Um, you know, most of them have good weekend, first weekends, and then after that, they how far they drop is dependent on how well they're received by fans, and if people want to go back for repeated viewings. And and especially a movie like this, with 
two mainstream comedic actors, one of which is a, a big name right now, and the other who is still a big name, but obviously he's been a big name for a while. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know it's gonna, you know it's going to do it do what it's supposed to do on its opening weekend nine times out of ten. But really, where it's going to what's going to really prove its worth as a hit is how well it does beyond the first weekend. And that's going to be the true test. Um, but I'm, I think it's going to do. It's going to have a pretty good open weekend. I think in the long term it'll do well. There haven't been that many comedies this year, and, and coincidentally, the only true comedy um, this weekend, this this year, pardon me, has been The Wedding Ringer with Kevin Hart two months ago. Um, only True Con, which was also R-rated, and I mean, I mean and, and so there's there's there is a audience there that probably is longing for a comedy. And do you worry about oversaturation of Kevin Hart? Because there's only two months since his last movie. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I. I. I you know. I think right now he's. It, sometimes an actor gets in his zone, where it doesn't even matter. And I, the Wedding Ringer did 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 solid, but it didn't do so well that enough people saw it to go, all right. Well, I don't want to see Kevin Hart in a movie again. You know, anytime soon. I want. I don't think the oversaturation thing can play into something like that. When it's not like the wedding ringer made two hundred million dollars and people are like, ah, you know. It's not the same thing as the Liam Neeson thing. We're taking three did really good business. You know what I'm saying? Wedding ringer did okay business, but you know. Plus, I think the fact that it's it's you know Will Ferrell's in it. Will Ferrell. It's not going to be the same thing as The Wedding Ringer. Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart are co-leads. I felt like in The Wedding Ringer, even though Josh Gad was supposed to be the co-lead, I didn't feel like that. I still felt like Kevin Hart was the only lead to me. That's, it wasn't a bad thing. I think it worked for the movie, but that's just the way I feel. So maybe that's why I think it's different. But I, I don't know if I worry about oversaturation right now because I think people are just people just want to see Kevin Hart in anything they can see him in right now. So I don't worry about that. William Neeson, you know, he's been, you know, the last five, six, seven years, he's been in so many action movies and that. I think it's getting to a point now where it's kind of like, okay, we want to see Liam Neeson in these action movies, but we want to spread out a little bit more. Eventually, Kevin Hart will get to that point where people are saying that. Oh, you know what? I like Kevin Hart. I like him in these movies. It's not like I don't want to see him, but I wish they were spread out a little bit more. Eventually, you will get to that point, but I don't think that time is now. Um, so I expect a good number for this movie, on its, especially on its, on its opening weekend. But beyond that, I think it'll do well, too. But that, again, beyond this weekend's true test. The other release this weekend is a movie I don't expect back to factor. It's the smaller release I was talking about. I don't expect it to factor in any way, shape, or form into um, our predictions. I do not think it'll make $5 million. I don't think it'll make close up to $5 million to round up. I don't think it's going to be a big factor at all. This movie is called It Follows. It is a horror movie uh, from Radius TWC, opening in 1,218 theaters. It's made 734,463 domestically so far. It is expanding its release this weekend. It's an R-rated film. Uh, really nobody known in it. Um... Most people are thinking at most it makes about three and a half, maybe on a 
maybe four million on, on, if it, if it exceeds what people are thinking. But again, not five million, not close up to five million to register on our predictions, and not enough. And I don't think it'll make enough to be a true factor this weekend. So, but I just wanted to bring that up. Check your local theater listings. Only so many theaters are obviously carrying it. If you're interested in that movie, just kind of check your theater listings and see if it's playing. But I don't expect it to be a big factor this weekend at all. All right. Um, here we go. Prediction time. Um, just to point this out, so far it's looking like Home, which is a DreamWorks property, is tracking in a way that would suggest it's lower than a lot of the DreamWorks animation openers. Um, so that might mean it won't do huge like 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 you'd expect. But in the long term, let me just say this. If you look at home this weekend and go, oh, that doesn't seem like a good total for an animated movie, don't, I wouldn't worry about it because, like I said, with spring break and Easter, sometimes it, it, animated movies don't have the big openers, especially when on the precipice of a time period where kids are going to be off from school and stuff. It, they, it, it might not have the big opener. But over the next couple of weeks, it might make up for it. Like, it might get better weekly num- daily numbers during the week than any other movie. You know, next weekend, it might see a bigger – it might have a good second weekend. It might not drop off as much as it ordinarily would have had a better opening weekend. I think in the broad scheme of things, home will make whatever amount of money it's supposed to make. It just might not do it all over its first weekend. It might not do it all the conventional way of big opening weekend, hold up, hold up, hold up, and then – kind of fade away. I think it might have a, a okay opening weekend and then hold up better during the week than expected, have a solid second weekend, and then hold up a little bit better than expected after that, and then be right on track. That's something that I could see happening. So just because it's tracking lower than maybe some previous DreamWorks efforts doesn't mean that it's something to worry about. Um but many people are already saying that Get Hard and Home are going to do better than anticipated early in the week. So that's a good sign. So, all right, so predictions. Weekend of March 27th, Get Hard, I am predicting to be in first place. I'm going to go with $36 million. You can go anywhere from 30 to 40 There is this feeling that maybe if it doesn't do as well, that Home could beat it. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't I, I, but Kevin Hart and the success he's had, I think Get Hard should be should win easily. But I've seen a lot of people thinking that Get Hard and Home might be very close and that Home could finish above Get Hard. Either way, I think both are going to be right around $30 million or above. I'm going with $36 million for Get Hard. I'm going a little higher than some people might be going 30 35 But we'll see. Home, second place easily. I'm going to go with $30 million. I could see it going higher. I could see it going a little lower. Again, right around $30 million for both these movies, Get Hard and Home. Um, Get Hard should be above that. Home could even be above that, but that's generally where you're going. $30, $35 million for both these movies. It wouldn't surprise me if Home took first place and Get Hard took second, but this is just the way I see it going down. So, All right, and third, I'm going with the Divergent Series Insurgent. I'm going to go with $21 million. Most are going 20 to 25 I'm going to go on the low end. Um, 
Not because I not 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 because I don't you know not for any particular reason other than the fact that you know you got two new major releases coming out, so it's going to lose a couple of theater. It's going to lose some theaters, and Cinderella is still out, and Cinderella is still expected to do relatively well, and Cinderella's been holding up better than Divergent. So, uh, and fourth, I am going with Cinderella. I'm going to go with twenty million. That's where everyone's going. Cinderella could actually hold up better. If Cinderella holds up a little bit better than expected and Diversion does a little worse, then Cinderella could finish above it. And it wouldn't surprise me, and then people would really be like, oh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it. And I don't think that'd be a bad thing. Again, the Diversion series, a lot of these movies are front-loaded. You know, movies like Diversion are front-loaded movies. Hunger Games is a special exception because it's built itself up. Um... And Hunger Games has, has had more mainstream appeal. Divergent, to me, doesn't feel like it's gotten mainstream appeal. We've not yet. So I, I, it, it's going to probably fall harder in the numbers than Hunger Games ever would have. And because of that, I could see it falling lower than expected and Cinderella beating it. All right, and that's all the predictions I'm going to make because I do not think anything will make anything else will make around or over $5 million. Again, I think that the, the other movie that's being – Released this week, and what's not really being released is expanding its release. Is it follows? And again, I think that'll be around three, three and a half, four million tops. So nothing else I see finishing over five million. Nothing else has the theater counts or the momentum to finish over five million. So I think this is a four movie weekend. But again, if you look at the numbers and go, wow, thirty. If, assuming these these numbers are close to accurate, two movies over thirty million. Two movies at twenty million or above, it more than balances things out, and it'll probably be right on par with the previous two weekends, which is good. You've had a stable end of March. It's been three straight weeks of pretty much the same numbers, around one hundred thirty, one hundred forty million gross each week domestically. That's solid. So there wouldn't be any complaints. They might have, they might have hoped for higher, but maybe hey, people have been going to the movies a lot this year. Maybe it's you know maybe they weren't as you know. Maybe that's what happened. You know, more people went to the movies in January and February and didn't have the m- m- money for the Mars movies. Maybe they just didn't care enough for these movies. But that doesn't mean that these movies didn't do well. You look at these numbers, these movies did well. Just maybe not as high as people had hoped, you know. But no way, shape, or form are any of these movies true flops up for Chappie. So, all right, so predictions for the week in the March 27th, again, are as follows. First place, Get Hard, $36 million. Second, Home, $30 million. Third, The Divergent Series and Surgeon, $21 million. And fourth, Cinderella, $20 million. Those are your predictions for the weekend of March 27th, the last weekend of March. Next week, we preview Easter weekend, which is traditionally a pretty good box office weekend. Uh, and, it really, it's, and really, it will be a lot about the holdovers because it's only one new release. And it's a pretty big one. It's Fast, the, fast, the seventh Fast and the Furious movie, Furious 7, which will be opening in 3, 000, over 3,900 theaters. So it will be taking up a lot of theaters. Obviously, that is Paul Walker's uh, last movie. Um, may he rest in peace. So that will be something to, to take into account there. And we'll see. Will the final four hurt that movie? Because it's a movie that primarily is, after the, is primarily for men. We'll see. But... That's next weekend's big movie, and obviously, um, some of these hold, some of these movies like Get Hard, Home, um, Cinderella, Divergent. We'll see how they play into this next weekend because 
the way I mean, you're talking all these, all four of these movies will be over tw- around twenty or, or more this coming weekend. So we'll see how they play into things next weekend as well, because you'd expect them to hold over all four to hold over well, given Easter and spring break and everything else. So we'll talk more about Furious, Fast and Furious Seven and all these movies next weekend when we present next week's edition of the Box Office Beat. Okay, with all that being said, I think we're gonna we're gonna just um. Robert on the air over an hour. I think we're gonna quote, we're gonna wind down now. Um, I was gonna do something. I was gonna talk about the the, the Russos directing the uh, Avengers: Infinity War Part One and Two, but I think we'll leave that for next week. But not, we don't need to do that today. And I, and I want to be able to have my co-host Mike talk about it too. So we'll leave that for next week. So this wind down right now. As always, the show might be over, but it does not mean you have to stop interacting, contributing to our show. You can send us feedback, questions about the show and show scheduling, topic or breaking news items related to sports, entertainment, and wrestling. We want to make sure we cover reactions to something any of us said on the show or just general comments. Any of those things you can send us via email, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email us at itspotlightbg at gmail.com. And it's itspotlightbg at gmail.com. And please remember to put in the subject line and email some idea of what your email is about. We appreciate that. It helps us organize things. Um, you can also follow us and tweet us at IT Spotlight BG. Again, it's at IT Spotlight BG. That's my Twitter handle as well as the show. And the email for our show is also my emails, my email as well. Just keep that in mind. And for anything you tweet regarding our show, please make sure to use the hashtag, hashtag IT Spotlight. Again, it's hashtag IT Spotlight. And we do have a Facebook fan page that you can find by searching for us on Facebook using our full show type in the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our fan page, like our page and go ahead and post whatever it is you'd like to post. Facebook, Twitter, email, we check them all, we read them all. If you post or send something, I assure you, Jeff Dick or myself will see it. We take turns, we look at everything. We just can't reply back or use, acknowledge, or mention everything that's post or set. So just be assured if you post or send something, we do see it. We encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest show information, especially as it relates to scheduling. Otherwise, we encourage you to check out our main show page on TalkShoe.com for the latest information about our show. Check it out regularly. Um... Because, uh, again, anytime I schedule a show, information about when the show will be scheduled will be on there, including a countdown clock and upcoming episode listing. You especially want to check it out on usual show days like Tuesdays and Thursdays, particularly Tuesdays and Thursday nights. But, again, given the fact that sometimes we have shows on days and we don't expect to, like the last couple of Fridays, you might want to check it regularly every day just in case. And also you have access to all of our episodes since our move to talk to you on our talk to you sh- uh, main show page, you can find all of our episodes in the episode archive at the bottom of the page in order for most recent videos. And the most recent episode also available in the most recent episode box in the top right-hand corner. So you can play back any of our old episodes since our move to talk to you. If you missed an episode, you're able to catch up there as well. So be sure to utilize our main show page here on TalkShoe.com for the latest information about our show, scheduling, um, and also to catch up on episodes or just listen to them again. Otherwise, in terms of scheduling, the best way is Facebook and Twitter to get in touch with us or to find out information. But, again, talk to your show page can be helpful with that as well. We also encourage you to check us out on our second home, LibsIn.com. Again, it's LibsIn.com. Just search for us on there using our full show title in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. Just like on Talk to you, you want to search for us using our full show title in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our page on LibsIn, Scroll down, and you'll find all of our most recent episodes on there in order from most recent to the oldest. You can catch up on on there as well. Listen to any of the episodes you want on there. 
Doing order for most recent to the oldest paper with dates, times, numbers, and descriptions for your convenience. Find the episode you want, click on it, and it will play for you. So you want to head over to Libsyn and catch up on some old episodes or listen to some episodes again, feel free to do that on our second home, Libsyn.com. Again, it's Libsyn.com. We also encourage you to check us out on our own home, blogtalkradio.com. Again, it's blogtalkradio.com. The search for us using our full show title in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our old show page over there, scroll down, you'll find all 31 of our our original episodes. They're the first 31 episodes ever of our show. They will always be there, so please feel free to check those out if you're interested. Maybe never checked them out before. Maybe just feel nostalgic and you want to check them out again. Feel free to go check them out over there on blogtalkradio.com. And it's blogtalkradio.com. We're also available for listening on iTunes. Just head to iTunes, go under podcast. We are a free podcast. Just search for using our full show title in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find us on iTunes, you can subscribe to us and then be able to listen to us anytime you want on the go. Anytime our episodes upload the talk show will be uploaded to iTunes and you'll be able to listen to that episode right away. So it's a great way to catch up on episodes or be able to listen to us on days like today when we have it at a, a time that you might not be at home to listen to it. So feel free to check us out on iTunes. Again, that's on iTunes. I want to thank Jeff Tech for being my second command and for helping me up here this afternoon. Thank you, Jeff Tech. Thank myself for another great show. Pay myself on a bank. And thank all of you for your continued support and contributions to the show. Thank you so much for listening. To those that listen to us live this afternoon, thank you to those that will be listening to this episode at some point in archive, either here on TalkShoe or on Libsyn or over on iTunes, whatever the case may be. Thank you so much. We appreciate you listening. We are done for this week. Again, our next show will be this Tuesday. That will be our sports show. It will be all, unless something comes up from the sport, something else comes up from the sports world. It will be all about the, we'll be focusing all about the NCAA tournament. We'll be talking all about the NCAA tournament, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, all that good stuff. We'll be talking about it. Um, that will be the, pretty much all of our show. Again, there is a possibility that we might start a little later, maybe 8.30, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. If so, I'll let you know on Facebook or Twitter, or if you don't follow us on either one of those, check out our main talk show page, show page on Tuesday, and when I schedule the show, you'll know what time it's going to be on. But, um, yeah, so that's what's coming up on Tuesday. Next Thursday, our entertainment show back on Thursday night um, in our normal time, start at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. We'll present next week's, uh, next edition of the Box Office Beat, bring back TV and film picks of the week, and do our, our general entertainment discussion of news and all that kind of stuff. So that's what's coming up next week. Until then... I hope you all have a great rest of your Friday, a great weekend, and a great start to your week next week. We will see you back here for our next show, Broadcasting Live on Talk to this coming Tuesday, March 31st, 2015, at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, have a good day, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.